What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of Illuminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. And this is Jake. And today I'm going to tell you another story. Excellent. Jessica Prim, who you may remember as the knife, knife, stabby lady from our QAnon mental health episode, was having a bad day. She just finished dancing at the Club Cabaret, a small gentleman's establishment just behind the Freedom Gas Station in Creevecore, Illinois. And she was furious. Between her sets, she'd been dropping high-quality truth bombs on her social media feed and was not getting the response that she'd been looking for. You see, Jessica had recently found out that the video entitled Frazzled.Rip existed. It had been pulled off Anthony Weiner's laptop. The police in New York City that had viewed it were throwing up in response and vowing revenge. She hadn't seen the video herself because she didn't want to get arrested for viewing child porn, but she knew it existed because they'd been talking about it and sharing screenshots of it all over the Great Awakening, a QAnon message board. The video showed Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin torturing a child slowly. They were peeling the kids' faces off and eating them. Jessica knew that this was pretty standard behavior from the Democrats and that Trump was the only one that could stop them. When she started digging more into the message board, she discovered that the Democrats had an endless supply of kids and they got them from deep underground. On the boards, Jessica found proof that the children were being bred in tunnels to supply Democrats with adrenochrome and body parts. They lived below the streets of New York and Los Angeles. Since the day they were born, they had never felt the warmth of sunlight on their skin. But the Pentagon Pedophile Task Force, at the direction of Trump, was freeing 35,000 of these kids that very afternoon. And that's why the USS Comfort was docked in New York City. Not for relieving hospitals overwhelmed with COVID patients. That was all fake news. Jessica knew that she had to help. She grabbed her 12 sharpest knives, turned on Facebook Live, and drove from Illinois to New York City, where she was ready to confront the evildoers. But before she started driving, she left a message for all of her followers. Quote, Hillary Clinton and her assistant, Joe Biden and Tony Badesta, need to be taken out in the name of Babylon. I can't be set free without them gone. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. <laughs> I can't wake up and save me. I, I don't know the fucking words. <laughs> anyway, so that is what we are talking about today on Illuminati. Yeah. But before we talk about that, let's talk about beer. Let's. Jake, what are you drinking? All right. I have revisited Sweetwater, who uh, I believe we both... We're drinking a Sweetwater on the Shed Time podcast. Uh, when, I was drinking a Wicked Weed. Oh, that's right. And then I had a shed, I had the Sweetwater 420 yeah. Dankness or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had had the Mango right. something something, and it it was horrible. 
Yeah. Well, this is all right. This is a this is a train wreck hazy double IPA. And uh, just in case you didn't know what a beer was, it says malt beverage with natural flavors right beneath the title there. So it makes a shocker about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are out of uh, Sweetwater's out of Atlanta. And uh, there's the typical skull fish on the front that they usually have. And uh, it's under the quote unquote strain, which is their yeah, kind of their 420 strain yeah, series their or dank beer. Yeah. Thing. So it's like one of these fish on fire. And um, on the backside, it says the strain keeps rolling along with this hazy double IPA aromas of citrusy orange hit first with a caboose full of vanilla there. Yeah, there's vanilla I was talking about and pine notes following billowing dank aroma and strain specific terpenes jump the whole thing off the rails. A strange new strain indeed. Um, I don't think it's really strange. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, it's all right. I the mean, vanilla, I think, would throw me off. The vanilla is a little weird. Like you, yeah. you jump in on it and it's um, usually their beer is kind of thin and very danky. Like it has this like, you feel like you're putting a nug of weed in your mouth. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I got that on the mango one. I think I've yeah. had the G20 before and I kind of got that on that one. Yeah, this is very mellow compared to that. And it's a little more syrupy because it's probably yeah. a double. It's a double IPA. So it's got more yeah. kind of like syrup and booziness to it. Um, but then, yeah, it's the dank kind of passes. And then all of a sudden, there's this weird, like almost like vanilla porter taste in your mouth. Oh, yeah, that almost is almost like weird. a white stout kind of thing, where it's just like this strange vanilla. I just texted you about a white stout the other day, and I was like, I've never seen this. Oh, before. you did? Yeah. No, yeah. I've had a couple. Like they're very strange. They're very weird. Yeah, very it sounds weird to me. Yeah, you know. pour it out. Yeah, there's, um, I believe, bot. There's a Boddington's, which does a kind of a white stout, which is really good. Uh, they're one of those. It's a 24 ounce can with like a ping pong ball in it. So when you open it up, it goes like, and it fills up real fast. Oh yeah, it's one of those kind of guys. Like the um, like the big Guinness cans. Yeah, a little plastic ball inside of them. Specifically, the ones that say what do they say on them? They don't say nitro. Draft. Nitro. That's what it is. The yeah. nitro ones. Yeah. And I just saw today at the grocery store they have nitro Guinness. I took a picture and meant to send it to you, but I forgot. It's nitro Guinness draft hard coffee. Okay. It's so many words for like one drink, but like. I could get behind. It seems like it might be okay. I feel like we need to do a shootout. Yeah. The Guinness Nitro Draft Hard Coffee versus the PBR Coffee. Right. Now, see, they sit right next to each other at Harris Teeter, and I see them <laughs> side by side. And my first thought is, fuck that, like PBR. <laughs> like, because they, they don't do anything near coffee. Like, their job nah. is to make a beer that you can pour over ice cubes and, like, give yeah. to a female. And, like, they're fine with it. It's you know? the, I mean, it's the beer where if you pull a, if you pulled it out of a trash can full of ice and water, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think is it Lana Del Rey who even has like a lyric in one of her songs like Paps Blue Ribbon on Ice. It's like a thing. Is that? Yeah. It's like a thing in one of her songs. Okay. Yeah. I know so now like about- all the like whatever's below Gen C, they like PBR with ice. That's like a thing. Oh, wow. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. So. PBR with ice. Why don't you just make it cold and whatever? Whatever these children <laughs> confusing kids me. these days. I don't know. Um, I, I I wouldn't buy another one of these. They're okay. No, I'm glad I didn't get a six pack. I just got like a taster. Yeah, I mean, when I bought the one mango strain one, I was just like, I literally, I feel bad almost saying this because 420 makes some good beers. Yeah, I literally opened this, smelled it. It's like I got punched in the nuts <laughs> with like just full blown like somebody shoved a nut yeah. in my nose. Yeah. So I took one sip out of it. Yeah. 
like kind of threw up in my mouth a little Ooh, bit okay. and then dumped it in the sink. Really? Yeah. I was like, this is horrible. That's a bold reaction to that. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. It was that bad. And I love beer. I, and I, I hated it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Huh. I'm sure there's people out there that thought that the mango. Do you think it was the mango was mixed with the dank or do you think it was just like it was too much of the because I've noticed their beer sometimes like you can crack one open and you're just like, uh, okay, I need to dump this out. The cops are going to show up like it fills the room, you know, and obviously that's their whole shtick. They're like leaning into that, you know? Yeah. With the strain series and like I, I, I get it. Like if that's what you wanted or whatever, yeah. I could see that being good. But for me, I was just like, it felt like I was chewing on mango flavored weed nug. Yeah. And I just wasn't into it personally. There was a brewery in Inglewood, California that I went to called Three Weavers. And they had some sort of super, super nug IPA. Yeah. And their taps were on the back wall. And I remember like when they pulled the tap forward, I could smell it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, it was like, oh, what's going on here? All right. Yeah. So, but anyways, it's um, it's okay. I mean, it's a very heavy IPA. It's too syrupy. The vanilla is weird. Wouldn't drink it again. But I like their company, so I'd probably give it another shot. I think sure. I think they're one of the small breweries that got bought up by Budweiser, and now they're everywhere. I think they're one of those guys. Okay, um, which make because they're in every grocery store now. I like feel like gas stations. Four twenty was already all over the place before yeah. that. Yeah, I think they're in the same brewer, in the same um, distributor as like Heineken and stuff. Yeah. They're just like the smaller choice at the bottom. Yeah. So um, what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking a much less corporate weed beer. It's true. You can tell. I am back in Raleigh with the first beer that I have done from this brewery. And um, the only reason I bought it was the labeling. Yeah, which is um, pretty cool. Because I historically have not been a fan of this brewery at all. Everything, which, everything I have from him, I'm just like, nah. It's uh, Gizmo Brew Works, yeah, I don't which think is a brewery from here in Raleigh. And this beer is called, and it's funny, this is like the perfect beer for this episode. It's called Fake News. Oh. Hashtag Fake News, New England style India Pale Ale. There's like a censored stamp. Kind yeah. Of thing going on over there. Yeah. So it's like a black and white label where it has like their Gizmo Brew Works like logo all over the back of it. And then it has like a, you know, like that approved or right, you know, rejected censored. stamp, censored stamp kind of thing. It says fake news and it says fake news again. Like, I don't know. It, it's very weird. But it says New England. This, there's a whole paragraph on the side of this thing that I'm going to read. It, it's a weird paragraph too. So it says New England style IPA, quote, the earth is flat, quote, <laughs> sell out and you're still craft, quote, the IBUs are too low. There's a lot of fake news flying around these days. To set the record straight, while you tweet and leak, we present you with fake news, a New England-style IPA. This brew was alternatively, quote-unquote, hopped to restrain the bitterness in order to make juiciness great again. It says that in all capitals, make juiciness great again. And you're just like, I wish I had juiciness. A little. <laughs> Caliente, Mosaic, Citra, and El Dorado collude to provide a huge aroma of peaches, oranges, and tropical fruits. Sure, 
It's hazy in appearance, but ironically, one sip and the facts become clear. Coffee fee. <laughs> oh, coffee fee. Yeah. The, that Trump tweet. That yeah. He made that the C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Yeah. yeah. So 5.8%. It's a 12-ounce can. Proudly brewed and packaged by Gizmo Brew Works in Raleigh, North Carolina. Won a silver award at the 2017 Carolina Championship of Beer. Silver? Yeah, silver. This got silver? Yeah, silver. Wow. 2017, so I don't know what it was. That's shocking. (laughs) So I think the label is kind of (laughs) dumb. I think that this paragraph is... It's like dumb fun. Kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. But the paragraph's kind of over the top. Yeah, it's a little over the top. I find for... I guess I find the ABV to be pretty in line with how this beer tastes because this is very low, lower yeah. than lower than the Firestone Walker Mine Haze by a whole percent. Yeah, yeah. And this has, and it's not as sessionable. Nah. Yeah, it's kind of kind of. No, slurpy. I mean I have like instant IPA tongue. Yeah. Like I'm not finding. Maybe that's a fake news. It'll be something you'll enjoy. I feel like the make juiciness great again statement is, I feel like this whole statement is the fake news. Like, I feel like I'm getting punked <laughs> on the, this beer right the now. The label's lied to you. It's yeah, actually- like this beer was canned on January 15th of this year. It's only been three months since then, plus or minus a week. You've had it in your fridge for at least a month. No, I just got it like a week ago. Oh, I thought you had it Two weeks ago. Yeah, total wine. And I feel like I'm getting punked. Like, I feel like the- <laughs> Very possibly. This says it's a New England style APA. It does not taste like one. It does not look like one. Fake news. It does not look like one. It's not nearly as hazy as this description makes it sound like. Peaches, no. Oranges, no. Tropical fruits, no. Hopped to restrain the bitterness. Opposite. <laughs> Complete opposite. <laughs> this beer has a massive bitter aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it says smells- the IBUs are 31. If it's that bitter, it's got to be higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like that for sure. Like, I, it smells good. It smells really good. Yeah. It does not taste very good. Okay. I'm not getting a lot of fruit. I'm not getting a lot of citrus. I'm not getting a lot of clean. I'm not getting a lot of New England. It has a very heavy, bitter aftertaste, which they say here specifically, they (laughs) try to not not do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, so once again, I'm just, I'm sorry to like hate on Gizmo, but every time I drink their beer, they tell me it's a thing and I'm just like, it's either not that great or it's the complete opposite of what they told me. Yeah. I'm looking at their website and like all the beers that they have on there. Like it smells like juiciness. Yeah. It seems like they're, (laughs) I hate to use a wine term, but it seems like, it seems like their brewery is, is marketing forward. You know, like they, they create something to market and then try to get the beer to match it. Yeah. It almost feels like that's what they're doing. They come up with these clever ideas and then we're like, oh, we'll tweak the beer and like try to get it to where we need it to be to make that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we've talked about that before, like with the Neapolitan stout. Right. And there was something else where I was like, the packaging just does not match here. Like I feel like they made the beer or they already had the packaging made the beer and we're like, um, well, I guess we just have to stick with that because yeah. we fucked up. F it. Just throw it in there. Who cares? Yeah. So I'm confused. I don't know how this got a silver. This would not even have been close. Right. For me for an award. Yeah. In 2017, there was a lot of good beer here in 2017. It wasn't like it was like 2005. Right. Know? 
Yeah, it's not like we were so desolate on, right. <laughs> on on fucking craft beer in 2017. Right. I yeah, I just don't know. I mean, if you want to go out there and grab one, tell me I'm wrong. You know, if somebody wants to tell me I'm wrong, I mean, maybe my taste buds are fucked up right now. Maybe the pollen's just punishing me so hard I can't it breathe out of half my nose right now. So maybe it's that. But um, Jake says while well, wiping his face furiously. <laughs> yeah. Because um, of his pollen. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm not that into it. I'm going to finish this beer and then, you know, that's just another strike on the negative category for me yeah. for Gizmo, which is basically all the beers. It's them in Raleigh. Everything I drink from yeah. them, I'm like, no. I don't, I don't think I've seen anything from Gizmo that I've really been into. It's, they, they had that stiletto stout. I gave it a shot. It was just kind of, it was a little watery. It was like very thin. Yeah. Kind of whatever. Yeah. Like even as I'm drinking it, it's like, you know, that like very back rim of your tongue. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like the right down the middle the of point the point of no return. Yeah, it's just like I don't get a lot of flavor on the front. I have this very middle of the tongue IPA tongue going on and then right around that back side rim earlier, horrible bitterness. And oh, now yeah. I'm getting it right down the middle. So it's like oh, I feel yeah. like I'm just swallowing bitter. Fun. It's weird. I don't <laughs> I I'm not a fan of this yeah. at all. I, yeah. I won't get it again. Boo. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, let's talk about the actual fake news now. We should. Yeah. If Jessica's story sounds familiar, like John said, this uh, it's because we talked about her during our during our whole QAnon mental health episode, and it's very clear that she's suffering from some pretty severe mental illness here. And one of the saddest parts is that the QAnon community did what they always do in these situations; they immediately turned their backs on this poor woman and called her a fa- false flag to make QQ followers look crazy. They just goaded her and then straight burned her. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, while she is mentally ill, she's also not entirely to blame, too. I mean, Jessica found herself plummeting down this QAnon rabbit hole pretty quickly, and she went from a pretty basic chain-smoking sex worker to an armed would-be assassin in literally months, like three months Yeah, from her social media history. That's fast. Yeah, and uh, as we saw with uh, Mr. Edgar Madison Welch from Salisbury, North Carolina, yeah, this is a very slippery slope. Uh, he's that super religious guy who fell down the Pizzagate rabbit hole and wound up shooting up comic ping pong in D.C. He'd been heavily red-pilled on the idea that they had a basement stuffed with not only pizza toppings but also suffering children all because it was posted all over 4chan, 8chan, and Reddit, and all these other places. So when you take this fake bullshit belief and you make it all about life or death and good versus evil with suffering children, you're going to get these kind of responses from people on the fringe. And as QAnon and all of those continue to grow, this is going to keep happening. This isn't a new thing. This isn't a new thing that only happened once and is going away. This is going to keep happening. It's basically just statistics. For every 100,000 people reading stuff about Hillary Clinton peeling off baby faces, one of them is going to snap and say, not today, Satan, and grab their, I don't know, dozen knives for some reason or guns and start driving across the country, you know? Yes. And I love that she got a dozen knives. Like a dozen. <laughs> what is she like? Why? Black Widow? Is she like, or is whatever? She, is the, she Vishnu with like the, the million arms? The, the, is she be throwing knives? I guess. I don't know. I, I would love to see all these knives laid out. Who's like a superhero that throws knives? That's uh, like their thing. Well, there's a bunch of them. I mean, oh, like the uh, like the one brother from Umbrella Academy. Yes. Yeah, That's his thing. Uh, Diego. Yeah. Was, he, was she trying to pull a Diego? Maybe. She could just be throwing knives everywhere. She I shows up with, with her stripper uniform and there's just like knives sticking out of it. And she's just like, <laughs> she's like, ah, Hillary Clinton hits her in the forehead <laughs> with a knife. Ah, 
whatever his name, Podesta, <laughs> throw, <laughs> throws a knife and gets him in the forehead. You know what I mean? I would love it even more if she just had like a block of like kitchen knives. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like the chef knife. <laughs> like a uh, peeler. <laughs> I'm imagining like an anime kind of thing where it's like special move, ultimate chef's knife. And then she's like, she's like, you know what I mean? Sharpener poke. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's like, yeah, it's who knows. Um, So let's look at the origins of this whole mole children belief. Okay. Well, most of it's wrapped up in the standard QAnon ideas that they, they say there's 800,000 kids a year that go missing in America. Which we've talked about that. We've talked about this. The, The reason the numbers kind of bullshit is because the national data center that that puts together the these numbers, they take into account every time a child is reported missing. And usually with kids who are like problematic teens or other issues, they can be reported missing dozens of times per month. And it all keeps getting added up to this tally. Yeah. So you know? one kid running away is right. like can add 80 tallies. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's there's a lot of like family things where there's a, a husband who doesn't want to get divorced and runs away with the kid. There's a lot of those situations. Anyways, it chisels down. And we talked about it in that in that same QAnon mental health episode about how, what the actual number is and what they chisel it down to. And even if you look at this 800,000 kids that go missing, there's only three and a half million kids born every year in the U.S., so, I mean, that would basically mean like 25% of all kids get snatched up by the cabal. Yeah. And I feel like those are numbers people would start to notice. Yeah. Like if every fifth house on your street, the kid got stolen by Hillary Clinton. Like I feel probably like, not realistic. Well, first of all, this neighborhood would go Trump really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, that would just be step one, you know? Right. Um, I feel like I'd see Hillary Clinton like slinking around my yard at and least stuff. if not bill like just with a baseball cap on it. I imagine like a spy versus spy thing. She's like creeping right. through my ear. She's like darn 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 you know Podesta's and then she's just like the bushes yeah. yeah and then they like peek right. out like grab a child child <laughs> back to the candy van. <laughs> Trump comes in on a helicopter <laughs> not today and starts shooting Patriot missiles down. It's like yeah. Pew, 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 pew. yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like him and General Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, yeah. So they can't just let those kids hang out. And they obviously need more than that for Adrenochrome production. So there is some sort of weird matrix thing going on in the in the tunnels where they raise these kids yeah. under every single major city for... I read many, many times that these kids have been down there for more than five generations. Wow. So that's going back to the 1850s. And I, I'm not sure why it's five generations and why it goes back to the 1850s, but that's the upper limit according to a bunch of different things. I read where like people are like citing these weird sources and linking to like, you know, medical magazines that mention a kid being found in a dumpster in 1840. And they're like, there's the evidence, you know, that was one of 10 million mole children, right? That um, one escaped. Good for Demi. <laughs> so I don't know if these kids like like five generations down, they just run out of the ability to produce adrenochrome. So like your bloodline yeah. has to die off and they have to like grab new kids or something. I, I don't know. I, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I wonder. So for people who don't know what adrenochrome is, is what you get oh, from yeah. pituitary glands. Right. It's we supposed to like that. keep you young or some shit. But I'm like wondering how many pituitary glands you need to eat to stay young forever. You know what I mean? I'm just imagining so many weird things right now. Well, okay. So if you look at kind of the general idea of what adrenochrome is, uh, look at um, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. That was an example where they took adrenochrome and it was him and uh, 
Was that Vincent D'Onofrio that was that played the guy? I don't know, whoever it was. I'm shrugging right now. I don't yeah. know. Um, so they were in the hotel. They took adrenochrome. Everything got weird and turned red, and they hated each other, tried to kill each other. Essentially, people have tracked kind of what can happen if you do take adrenochrome, which is not a very easy thing to get a hold of. It can cause schizophrenia, all these other problems. It's not, it's not something... It was Benicio del Toro. Benicio, yeah, it's, yeah, del yeah. Toro, yeah. Sorry. But it's not something you want to kind of keep in your system because it's not going to make you a better senator or president or something. You know, this is something that's going to drive you crazy. What the general QAnon people think uh, they take adrenochrome for is to keep them young. It's kind of like vampires drinking blood. It's a direct descendant of that whole idea of vampires drinking blood, Jews uh, draining the blood out of children and putting it in matzah. It's directly yeah. out of that. It's okay. It's a descendant of that sort of thing. So the whole idea of mass missing children can be linked back to the, there's a thing called the foundling movement in the 1800s. So early 1800s. Yeah. And in this the, depends on what you mean by foundling. There's lots of definitions of what this is. This is a little different is. from the sci-fi version of foundling. This is totally different from the sci-fi. This is from yeah. like the basis of fact, like what, what was actually happening in the 1800s. Yeah. So in the UK and the US, orphans were an actual pretty big problem. And the the term foundling comes from in the UK, they actually gave these kids a designation of foundling because they would find these kids walking in alleys or dying somewhere and they would just label them foundlings because they didn't know what else to do with them. And then the sci-fi thing is a whole different story. Like yeah. That's, yeah, that's like a whole other thing. Which do you want to touch on that for a second? Or There's so many versions of okay. what a foundling is, but essentially it can be like some sort of fairy or demonic creature or something like right. that comes and steals a child that has like magical powers or just steals a child in general yeah. and takes them somewhere else away from their family to like grow up segregated from their magical yeah. people or whatever. Essentially labyrinth with David Bowie. Sort of. Yeah. Or I don't even know any really examples, but it would be like if there was a fairy society bad fairies would steal a powerful fairy child and deliver her to the human world. Yeah. Or demons would come steal your child and take them to the demon world. And then they grow up there. You know, it, right. it, it's weird. Like, you know, sci-fi. Right. Yeah. Which I would guess that was probably derived from what was actually happening in society at that time frame, like in the 1700s, 1800s. Yeah. Kids just disappear and yeah, you know, whatever. So in the UK and the US orphans were, like literally a big problem. I mean, there were kids everywhere. There were not parents did not have the money to raise them. Abortions were not a thing that could really happen realistically. And people just had these really hard lives and not a lot of space for any extra mouths in the household, especially in big cities. And especially with like in Ireland and the UK where these people were having 12 kids and they had enough money to feed two kids, you know? So they would literally round these kids up and ship them out to quote unquote the country. So they would put these kids on trains and send them out to the middle of nowhere and they would get off and just basically go to a local church. And the thought was they hoped that if they sent them far enough out in the country, there would be enough resources to raise the one kid there instead of the 5,000 kids in the city. Yeah. So, you know, spread your problem out as far as possible. They do that with homeless people nowadays in Los Angeles. They send them out into the desert and hope that the cities out in the desert will take care of them. There's less homeless people out there, you know? That's crazy. It's yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah. And it's different too. Cause like in the city, if you have 12 kids, it's bad. It's not like you're on a farm and you need 12 free. Right. Work and they're helping and like earning their doing thing stuff. And animals. And, you're right. Uh, so, okay. There was a man named captain Thomas Corum. 
who made a name for himself as a noble ship captain around Boston and then in the Northeast over in the new world. Everybody loved this dude. He was like Captain Jack. He was like the coolest guy. Everybody thought he was wonderful. Uh, he was basically the opposite of a pirate. I said Captain Jack, and that's probably people are thinking Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I'm thinking like Doctor Who, so it's something different. Yeah. But anyways, he was a super nice dude. Everybody loved him. In 1719, he retires, and he moves back to the UK. And one of Thomas's favorite things to do in this world was just like go for walks because he spent so many years on ships that he couldn't go anywhere. He's just like on this little tiny ship. So once he was retired, he would just walk for miles and miles every day. And this is 1719. And so he saw something over and over again that just completely broke his heart, which was literally abandoned babies in gutters dying. This was just like a thing that was happening back then. He would just go on walks and that was like part of the view. Yeah. So this dude Damn. retires to like an upper middle class suburb and he's walking through a part of the UK that's just a little bit urban and there's just babies in the gutter. And, and he's just like, man, wish somebody would do something about these babies in the gutter. And like, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is just like, oh, I hate how everybody dumps these babies in the gutter. Like it's like, right. It, it's just a brutal thing. And you know, nowadays everybody would shriek, run over, pick it up and like take it to the hospital or police or something. Right. Or like a fire station. Now that they have those things. Yeah. Back then they were just like, oh, don't baby in the gutter. Don't dump your pee thing out on the baby in the gutter. Like, you know, be nice to it. But since they were everywhere, just laying on the ground, dying while people kept walking by, Thomas took a step back and just said no more. And he was upset about it. So he petitions King George II to open what would become the uh, the first modern prototype of an orphanage. It took him decades of fighting with churches and others to get it off the ground, but he eventually did it. And he was fighting all these churches because the churches were like, we take care of our own. We're a church. We man, if people need help, we help people. But they weren't actually doing that, right? You know, they were they weren't putting their money where their mouth was, right? And so they were putting their money into seventeen hundreds Rolexes. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, basically, yeah, yeah. Fancy, <laughs> fancy hats and shit, or whatever. Buying their way into yeah. heaven and shit. And so all these churches were trying to step up and do stuff, but they weren't. Like I said, they weren't actually doing anything, and he really had to fight against this because he was getting kind of beaten down on all sides and the churches and even some of the parents who were parents who were like setting those, their, those babies in the gutter. These same parents were coming out and attacking him and telling him that he was doing something like creating a rape factory and a children labor pipeline. You know, basically he was just, he was making it for the little girls. They go get raped. The little boys, they go work in the textile factories. Right. And he was like, no, I'm trying to take care of him. But I mean, to be fair, this is what was actually happening in, in that time frame. Right. Uh, so these kids are dying and vanishing in very legitimate ways. And it creates this cultural psychic memory that your children aren't safe, which again, to be fair, they really weren't because all these horrible things was happening. Right. And he was really the first guy who was trying to make it not horrible. So he gets his, he gets his, uh, kind of nursery off the ground and his, and his orphanage off the ground and they start building up this whole kind of idea of an orphanage. Uh, and then of course the 1800s turns into the 1900s and those kids are still being abused a little bit and it's still kind of horrible, but culturally it's okay for people to write off because the average mom and dad sit back and look at this and they say, well, 
that's not my kid in the orphanage. I have my kid here in my arms. This is okay. So they just write off orphans and stop worrying about it. And meanwhile, over the decades, orphanages are actually getting better. They're, you know, they're getting more improved because there's regulations and all these other things. And then, as we talked about in the history of QAnon episode, uh, as the 1970s came in, the satanic panic came along. And uh, the abuse and horrors are supposedly happening to people's actual children. So mom and dads are sitting back at the end of the day and watching on the news uh, that these kids are getting raped, literally raped by Satan at these daycares. Yeah. And even though this was all debunked and shown to be false, I mean, a huge amount of people believe it to be true. So these were young parents in the 70s who were 100% sold that satanic daycare workers were abusing their children. Uh, you know, those people who were probably 25 or 30 in the 70s are now kind of moving into the boomer age modern day and these are the exact people who are 100% sold on pizza game QAnon and so you know they watched all this unfold throughout their age and now they're fully pilled on Trump being the guy who's going to save all this and shut down these adrenochrome factories pumping out all the go juice for the Clintons you know right and and that is that is where Trump comes in because he supposedly founded the Pentagon pedophile task force, which this doesn't actually exist. There's nothing like it. Really? It doesn't exist. No, there's no, there's no Pentagon pedophile task force. I figured the PPT was kind of a stretch. I wasn't sure though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there are task force that cover this sort of thing, but there's no specific Pentagon pedophile task force. Yeah. I mean, we got, uh, you know, Ashton Kutcher over here with his right. yeah. app and stuff. Right, exactly. So Trump forms this Pentagon pedophile task force in all these people's minds, and he decides it's time to free these mole children below New York City. Well, I guess he can't really say anything because if the Clintons and the Democrats knew that the PPT <laughs> existed coming. and was coming for him, right. it's they, be on the down low. they'd figure out sneaky Clinton ways to start assassinating people and get away with it again. Except there's one flaw in, in your reasoning. What? The Pentagon Pedophile Task Force appointed a news reporter. What? For their ranks. A man named Timothy Charles Holmseth. So uh, you start seeing articles pop up all over the shittier parts of the internet by people like Timothy Charles Holmseth. He started his news article in all cap locks at the very top saying, President Trump is a hero. That was the first line of the quote unquote news article. Wow. Yeah. And then it goes on to say babies and small children are being treated beneath the tents of the field medical hospital in Central Park, New York. The scariest day. This is a quote. The scariest day of my life was about a month ago when after a long day of meetings, my team told me that we were going to be needing 130,000 ventilators that we were short hundreds of thousands of ventilators. Trump said during a daily White House press briefing. And then uh, Holmes Beth, who's writing the article, goes on to say, see, President Trump knew. And so what he's insinuating that President Trump knew is that sometimes when kids are born premature, they need to be on ventilators. That's something that happens. Right. Hence, there are obviously mole children being pulled up from the depths of New York City into Central Park where they will need to be put on ventilators. Sure. Yeah, that's literally the only connection. Like that's what he put together. And then he wrote something like 140 articles about this. Wow. And then it started getting picked up by 
all of that side of the internet and spread like wildfire because it's an easy news article to grasp onto. You know, sure. If you already believe the Clintons are pedophiles and there's this whole cabal like doing horrible child trafficking, it's not much of a jump to think that this is happening. You know? Yeah. Timothy Charles Holmesmith, who is the quote unquote investigative reporter behind the groundbreaking journalist site, Timothy Charles Holmesmith.com published dozens of in-depth articles about the mole children and looks to be one of the first people who really started going all out pushing this story. Holmseth, who has written at the top of his site, hashtag MAGA, help take down Epstein and Maxwell, JSOC, and one man away from President Trump. Uh, what JSOC is, is Joint Special Operations Command. It's this special part of the government that he has no involvement in. But he describes himself as an award-winning government news reporter, radio broadcaster, magazine writer, songwriter, author, and publisher. He's got a lot going on. Songwriter. Oh yeah, I, I I looked and looked and I could not find his song. Oh man, I tried. I, that's the one that grabs out to me. I know all of these journalistic things and then songwriter. I know. I want to hear that song. Uh, I want to know. I bet I it's a find banger. Anything. I couldn't find anything. So he goes on to say, and this is him writing about himself at the top of his website. In 2019, Timothy Holmseth became the news reporter for the quote Pentagon Pedophile Task Force which was created through the White House and Presidential Executive Order to provide actionable intelligence to the U.S. military through Joint Special Operations Command. Again, this isn't a real thing. This guy is 100% a grifter trying to make money off of gullible people, and in my opinion, he's directly responsible for mentally ill people like Jessica Prim being unleashed on society. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like this dude should be prosecuted for this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a whole idea of free speech. Free speech only protects you from the government. Right. It does exactly. not protect you from saying shit that causes bad things to happen. Right. People, so, I don't understand why people can't understand that. I know people don't. People don't lean on free speech like I can say what I want and do what I want and there's no consequences. That is not true. Right. I mean, if you're out there specifically telling people that John is killing your children, and they go on and on and on about how you're killing their children and they keep bringing this up and riling it up and then it gets picked up by local newspapers and then people show up at your front door. That's a problem. Yeah. Fun fact. I'm not. No, I mean, as far <laughs> as I know, you haven't killed my child. So, you know, nah. so this guy holds writes Trump fan fiction for depressed boomers. I mean, that's pretty much what he does. Yeah. The top headlines on his site right now uh, as of today are one Trump is still president. Two, President Trump has served Congress and Pence, and he will be charging them with treason. And uh, my favorite was this one in all cap locks. The secret goal is to get you to allow them to stick things up your ass, and they are sex demons. Uh, the uh, the last one links to a video where he has put up a screen capture of a news article about how China developed a more accurate COVID test, which is an anal swab. And sex demons. the sex demons are going to shove things up your ass and you have to be careful, man. So what we're saying is people from China are sex demons. Well, metaphorically I think, or <laughs> I don't think he's like associating it with China. I think he's basically saying people who are making fake COVID beliefs because COVID's fake. According to him, it doesn't, it never yeah, existed. Yeah. So COVID's hundred percent fake. So anyone that would try to test you for COVID, and he also believes 
that thing I sent you the other day was from him where if you shove the COVID test up your nose, that's when the nanobots get in your brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was That's him. That's the same dude. Okay. So, yeah. So, he believes first you're getting nanobots in your brain when they take the swab and then second, they're trying to stick things up your ass. So, what you're saying is I've been dosed with 5G nanobots multiple times at this point. Yes. Because every time I've gotten the test up my nose and the two times I've been shot with the COVID shot, right? I've been getting dosed with 5G nanobots. Correct. Have you noticed your uh, phone service improving? No, but I my back hurts less right now. I think they're the That's good kind they're of fixing nanobots yeah. that repair your body. Well, they have maybe. to make you stronger so you can, can become people. a super soldier. Yeah. They're trying to get me to become a NASA super soldier. Yes. All right, so this is the first step to becoming a NASA super soldier. They fix my back through 5G nanobots. Yeah, because you have to have the upload speed in your brain. And I also have to have a not fucked up back. Yeah, because when you're on the ice wall... You have to lug around a re- big laser rifle. Well, you're really far between uh, between upload Outposts, links. Yeah. yeah, so okay. like you have to have good speed, internet speed in your head. Yeah. You want to be like 100G up, 100G down. You don't when want to do I like, get the new eyeballs? When do I get Google glasses in my eyes? <laughs> Soon. You're going to hold on. It takes time. It takes Damn time. it. I hate the slow burn process. Just give me all of it now. This, this, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was this guy wrote an article about how um, the COVID vaccine is basically a time, de- time delayed murder shot where in six months exactly you're going to drop dead when you take it. I thought that too. There was some movie, I can't remember what it is, where some person, I think it was one of the Mission Impossibles, they put a little tiny, tiny bomb up like up a girl's nose or something like oh. that, and she was crying and stuff and looking in and Tom Cruise's face, and then the bomb goes off and it scrambles her brain and she dies oh. on the spot. That's what I'm imagining. At some point, somebody's going to go, Okay, well, everybody who got the five G nanobots dies, and then they Shut push up down. on their phone, and then everybody just like falls down dead. Explosions happen all throughout your little micro explosions all through your I body. I can see that. Die. I can Either see that, or I'm gonna have great Wi Fi in my brain. I'm gonna aim at the Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So these type of people are pushing these stories, and they're really making money off them. And I need to actually very much emphasize that second part a little bit more that they are profiting off of these stories in multiple ways like ad revenue, video clicks, all of this different stuff. They flat out lie about their credentials like Holmes F saying that he is the news reporter for the top secret pedophile task force, which is just stupid through and through. First of all, like I've been a reporter. There's no reporters embedded in top secret task force. They don't want those people there because they don't right. Second of all, if this was like this actual top secret task force, why is this guy the one dude who gets to write about it on his website? On this like shitty website too, where it's just like literally a Patreon link and a bunch of articles about 5G killing you. You know, if you were the Pentagon, would you okay something like that? It just doesn't. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like people can explain that away where they were like, well, Trump was such a cowboy yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure he'd pick some fucking crazy psycho yeah. right. He's just doing all this yeah, crazy yeah. guy. I can see that too. Yeah. Look at this crazy guy. That's the same kind of thing Trump would do. Right. Seems right. Seems legit. Right. 
So on his site, he has more than 650 articles that outline all of these different things, but none sum it up more than this one uh, article from late 2019 where he says, and I'm just going to read, read a little bit of it. It's actually very, very long. But I'm just going to read the top. Dear Christians, patriots, and friends, if you're not familiar with me, dot, 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 I recently revealed the existence of QAnon, the Trump wall, Project Ambition, which will culminate into my announced release of, quote, proof the deep state conspired against me using the court to protect a CIA child sales operation. Hashtag guaranteed. I don't know why he had to do that. My investigative journalism morphed into a Christian ministry after the Luciferian shadow government assigned operatives of Clinton Global to attack every single aspect of my life, liberty, and property. I now exist to battle only through donations. My only vehicle recently went haywire on the interstate, and the final bill is $3,415.73. That does not include the car rental I must do until the vehicle is fixed. Uh, he then goes on to shamelessly beg for money to repair his 2012 Nissan Rogue, uh, which is red. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's that's the kind of thing this guy's doing is apparently he's this high level operative in the in the Pentagon pedophile task force. But at the same time, his transmission blows on the interstate on his 2012 Nissan Rogue, and he has to beg everybody because he doesn't have another car to drive. And he's also somehow going to file as like a religious entity so he can become yeah. tax free somehow. <laughs> yeah. I mean that I kind of glossed over that part, but take yes. donations tax free and stuff. 100%. Yeah. His investigative journalism morphed into a Christian ministry as after the Luciferian shadow government assigned operatives from Clinton global to attack his life. I mean, it's a long sentence with a lot going on in it. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know, there's this grifter guy, and then all these different aspects, but let's take a step back and look at reality. Um, let's take a second to look at the facts around this whole mole children thing. Okay. So we're going to take a second and we're basically done because there are zero facts that could be possible around this. That's it. Literally. The, se- the second is over. I this mean, is fiction. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not possible. The whole idea passes no smell test and it doesn't even come close to passing that test. Like when a wild west guy bites the gold coin, he's like, is this real gold? It's like, yeah, it, it's like it would be one of the uh, like chocolate gold coins. It would just crumble in your mouth. Like there's no guilt. It, it, yeah, guilt. It doesn't even come close. It's literally BS all the way down and it was started from fantasy writers just like Holmesmith to the poor suckers that risk their lives to carry out his hope porn. You know, people like Jessica Prim who are out there defend. I mean, she thinks she's going to save the world and she gets a dozen knives, leaves her strip club and goes to kill Joe Biden or whatever. And she thinks she's doing the world a favor. And instead she ends up at some port in New York city with cops being like, wait a second, what are you talking about? And and then she's in a mental hospital. I'm here to stab Hillary Clinton. She's eating baby faces. Yeah. Ah. And the cops, the cops who like, these are just like, Cops who are doing their day-to-day job. They've got kids. They don't know. They don't spend any time on the internet. They don't know. Yeah. What this, they're like, wait, Hillary's eating babies. What are you talking about? They're like, oh yeah, <laughs> let me tell you about Podesta and pizza. They're like pizza. Pizza's delicious. What are you saying? And like, you know, it just doesn't make I have sense. some in my fridge right now, right? Especially it's New York. Like the pizza is great there. Yeah. Let's come at it from a totally different angle. Think about how many times you see local bumpkin sheriffs posing with two little tiny baggies of weed on media showing about how effective they are at being cops 
Now imagine if those guys rescued 35,000 deformed trap kids from a tunnel in Central Park and the believers of this are saying it wasn't just Central Park. It's everywhere. They're saying it's every major city in the United States, at least ones that are Democrat run. Right now is when you have to basically wonder why aren't there any photos like not a single one. Most of the memes and people pushing the story say you're not going to find any photos because this raid happened at night. That's their explanation. Can't take pictures at night. Yeah, just your phone stops at 7 p.m. You can't take any photos, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But nowadays, I mean, especially since George Floyd, cops are on video 24 seven and in New York City, most people have ring cameras on their doors and they post every damn thing they see to nextdoor.com or Facebook. And honestly, to say that there's 35,000 deformed children pulled up out of the ground in Central Park and there's not a single picture of this happening. It's crazy. It's literally like walking into the woods and looking out and seeing 35,000 Bigfoots and not bothering to take a picture of it. Yeah. I mean, this is the same thing as there's this guy who's like the Loch Ness monster guy. Oh, yeah. And as soon as the camera phone became a thing, this dude this, came yeah. out and basically was like, I'm done looking for the Loch Ness monster or trying to do anything. Right. And people are like, what are you talking about? You spent your whole life looking for the Loch Ness monster. Right. What are you doing? He's, like, He's like, now that camera phones exist, there's no way. Right. That the Loch Ness monster could possibly exist yeah. because if it did, yeah, somebody would have a ninety thousand megapixel picture of it. Yeah, this was an episode of something. It was like a documentary or something. I remember. I, yeah, I've seen this guy talking on something. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. A picture of my head. Yeah, and but he's, he's just absolutely like, right. There's no way. Yeah, and I mean, there have been a couple of kind of Bigfoot chasers who've come up with the same thing. You know, like yeah. there are people out in the middle of the woods all the time, and none of them have these photos. Like, come on. Yeah. There's about to be a new like Bigfoot documentary on Hulu or something like that I sent to you. And we already oh, know. Oh, Sasquatch. That's uh, it's like a murder mystery or something. I thought it was a documentary. They no, it's like, like a true crime murder mystery where there's a bunch of people who got killed and they're saying it was done by Sasquatch and these guys are trying to figure out who really did it. And they kind of make it like, was it Sasquatch? Was it these guys? Who knows? You know, it's oh, okay. It's interesting though. Like it looks pretty crazy. Okay. And everybody everybody I've talked to who's watched the first couple episodes are like mind blown. Watch this. It's amazing. All right. So yeah, so it's worth a watch. Okay. So a lot of people sit and say either people should know this is fake and it's all for fun and joking around or it's absolutely real and a very serious problem, but not one that is serious enough to chase down because if you're a QAnon follower and you get your balls up and you go chase something down, you are instantly have your back. They all turn their back on you and you're a false flag at that point. Yeah, and, and I, man, I can't emphasize how much I feel bad for like Jessica Prim and that Edgar Madison guy is Edgar Madison Welch. Yeah, Welch. And they did everything they were supposed to do according to QAnon. And then they were told that they worked for the CIA. Ah, fooled you. Right. Burn now. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this all this really does is just hurt people. And it's not the dopes that are just reading this their brains are already melted away and the only people that they hurt are these adult children who had to uninvite them from Thanksgiving because they won't stop talking about rescuing underground children from Obama. So, you know, <laughs> right. Thanksgiving gets canceled and sorry, you know, so one thing that is actually happening is donations to legitimate child welfare nonprofits are down this year. And these knuckleheads are not only donating less to actual people who help, they're actively getting in their way and stopping them. 
last summer, Q followers doubled down on the hashtag, uh, hashtag save the children to try and get new followers like soccer moms and yoga moms and wine moms. And in one week in August, there were more than 15,000 posts using that hashtag. The year before, the August one year before, it was 200 hashtags using save the children. Yeah. They weren't sharing information about those nonprofits. They were posting about adrenochrome and Hillary Clinton killing babies. So it was legitimately blocking people from the, the ones that are helping. Yeah. So there's a woman named Lisa Goldblatt Grace, who is the co-founder and executive director of My Life, My Choice, which is an anti-child trafficking nonprofit who says, this is all extraordinarily frustrating. We've worked so hard for the last 18 years to shift the narrative and have people understand this is happening in our communities. Now, QAnon instead gives folks this incredibly sensationalized, quote, other to fear and be angry about. The QAnon people are basically making it like, oh, rich, wealthy elite are stealing babies left and right and all that stuff. And that's not the reality of what's happening with child trafficking. It's mostly, uh, you know, family members, close community people. And so, like, that's what they're trying to give people awareness of. And instead, QAnon people are crashing the party and saying, no, no, no the queen and Hillary. So while those charities are seeing an increased interest and one or two of them did see a little uptick in money, but uh, so are the QAnon grifters who are bloating their own bank accounts through shady stories of things like mole children. This guy Holmesmeth has been making money hand over fist during this entire time. His Patreon is shooting up. All these other people who are in the same kind of circumstance are making money on donations to their podcast and all these different ways that they're getting their name out there, getting money out there. And at the end of the day, they're literally stopping real people from doing real work and helping. Yeah. And it's just bizarre. It's, it's really bad that they're stepping in and causing these problems, you know? Yeah, for sure. Over fake stories, you know? Yeah. So I, I think overall people need to be very careful with this sort of thing. Cause it is very easy to step in and say, save the children. It's an easy thing to latch on to. And we talked about this during the QAnon mental health thing. You know, it's if you don't say, well, how can I help when somebody says children are being murdered? You're kind of a scumbag. Yeah. And so they're using that to draw people into their beliefs, which it's all basically around, you know, trying to establish government power with one single party. Right. That's shitty. Yeah. So yeah, For sure. So that's mole children underground. Yeah. Coming up. Word. Well, <laughs> thanks guys for joining us for another episode of Illuminati, and uh, we will see you again next week. Ciao. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Brew Illuminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind the scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash Podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. 
Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real. Oh,